Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kentucky is who's on base today for the uh, SEC preview. Joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, John Hale covers the Wildcats for the Louisville Courier-Journal. Great reporter, not a fan of the uh, Champions of Europe, much to his uh, his dismay, I'm sure. John, Kentucky has, has sort of turned a corner for me uh, in terms of expectation, and what I mean by that is Two years ago, if you say, okay, Kentucky's going to go 3-9, and nine, I'm not completely surprised by that. Now I would be really surprised if Kentucky is not a bowl team and possibly a lot better than that. Is, is it the same way in Kentucky? Have fans reached a level of expectation of winning? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's obviously not an Alabama. It's not a, an LSU, an Auburn, a Georgia, anything like that. But they, they've certainly reached the point in the program where Rich Brooks had it, what, 10 or 15 years ago where they were – Expecting to go to a bowl game every season, win or six or seven games, you get to a mid to low level bowl game and, and go from there. The question becomes, can you take it to another level? And Mark Stoops so, so far has, has shown the signs that that might be possible, to where you can have this baseline of having a winning record every season. And then maybe every three or four years, you have a bunch of veterans, you have some things go your way, and you could make a run at the East. They did that a, a few years ago with Josh Allen and Benny Snell and all those guys, won 10 games for the first time. And, uh, 40 years in the program, had a winner-take-all game for the East against Georgia that they lost. But now, can you do that consistently? And I think what happens this year is going to say a lot about that, because they've got holes to fill, but they have a lot of talent coming back. They've gotten to a point where you feel good about kind of plugging and playing and filling those holes with, with guys who are even higher-ranked recruits than the, than the players they're replacing. But you have to go out and prove it and, and prove that you're more than um, you know a mid-level bowl team every season. But that's absolutely the kind of bare minimum expectation now. Kentucky and Mississippi State had something in common. They were both one-dimensional offensively last year. It was a different dimension. State, obviously, through the air. Kentucky, a lot better on the ground. What does the Kentucky do this year to be more dynamic in the passing game? Yeah, the hope was, I mean, I think Mark Stoops acknowledged for as much as that's kind of his identity, uh, you know, smash mouth, he wants to win and be a physical team. He wants that to be to complement everybody pays his team. He, he acknowledged that uh, they can't take that next step that we were just talking about if, if they're only one-dimensional if they can't ever throw the ball. And so he, he made a change, which I don't think he really wanted to do, but he, he decided it was best for the program. He fired Eddie Grant, the offensive coordinator, and Darren Hinshaw, the quarterback's coach. Brian Liam Cohen, who was the assistant quarterback's coach for the Los Angeles Rams, to try and implement the offense that Sean McVay has run in the NFL, but is, you know, a bunch of teams are trying to copy there. Bring it to college football. See if you can uh, have an offense that's built heavily on play action pass that gets the tight ends involved, that uh, becomes a competent passing game, but also doesn't abandon the run. Maybe still is built on the run first. We're going to see how that works this year, but the new scheme is the hope. They, they did bring in some. Uh, wide receiver talent in, in the transfer portal, namely Wondell Robinson from Nebraska, who's a local kid uh, who was originally committed to Kentucky in high school, then flipped to Nebraska, uh, was pretty successful there, doing a little bit of everything. So you have somebody to throw the ball to now, that, now they have to have a quarterback, which is the big question going into the summer. And, and until we get the answer there, and, and one of the three guys competing for the job proves he's capable of elevating that passing game, it's going to continue to be uh, a question mark and, and a doubt about this team, regardless of what the scheme is. Is Joey Gatewood going to be the quarterback, or is that going to go a different way? Yeah, my pick is actually Will Levis, the uh, transfer from Penn State. He just got to campus, what, a week ago now? Um, so he was not here for spring practice as he finished his, his degree at Penn State. He was their backup the last few years, but he played a bunch for them. Uh, he's a dual-threat guy, has a great arm, uh, can run quite a bit. Uh, 
Liam Cohen, the new offensive coordinator, he, he brought in Levis particularly himself. They had some history in terms of when uh, Cohen was actually the offensive coordinator at, at Maine, one AA, FCS, whatever it's called now, four or five years ago, and, and he was aware of, of Levis, who's from Connecticut at the time. Uh, obviously, Levis ended up being a much better player than Maine could have ever landed, but they knew each other, and Cohen came in, saw the quarterback options he inherited at Kentucky, decided they need some more competition and went out and handpicked Levis. So to me, that's kind of the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, I do think Joey Gatewood made some strides in spring, was uh, better than, than what we saw in some limited action last fall. So he's legitimate competition, and, and certainly having the spring practice to learn the new offense before Levis got here is, is going to be a, a leg up for him. But if I'm handicapping it, I have Levis 1A, uh, Gatewood 1B, and then Bo Allen, who's a, a former four-star recruit from Lexington, um, was red, you know played a little bit last year as a true freshman, and is, is a third factor in that battle. On the offensive line, Kentucky had one of the best offensive lines in the SEC a season ago, and it looks like I mean they're they're poised to do that again. Three seniors in the start potential starting five and a redshirt junior. Yep. It's it, it was a great story last year, obviously with the Kentucky offensive line. How good can they be this year, and can they build upon what they did last year? Yeah, they can be really good, uh, but I do think that that's another area to watch. I mean, the hope for Kentucky fans and Mark Stoops and everybody else in the program is that you take what you've done so well on offense in terms of the offensive line play, running the ball the last four or five years, and then add in this new passing game with the new offensive scheme they're bringing in. But there's no guarantee that you don't lose something, too, from what they ran before, and, and there is going to be some change in what the offensive line does. I mean, the former... Uh, the former scheme was built heavily on the inside zone run. Well, uh, Liam Cohen's offense is built heavily on the outside zone run. So that's something they had to learn a little bit this spring and adapt to. The good news is they've got veterans. Uh, getting Luke Fortner back for that extra year of eligibility was huge for them uh, in terms of a steadying presence in the interior spots. Getting Daring and Kennard to come back to school, even though he might have been a you know second day NFL draft pick, is big a big deal. It's, it's funny we actually had our first in-person interviews with anybody in the football program for more than a year earlier this week, and Kennard came and talked to us, and, and just seeing him in person versus seeing him on uh, through a computer screen, that dude looks like an NFL um, offensive tackle, and I think the Athletic has him projected as a first-round pick right now. So that's a pretty good place to start if, if you want to build an offensive line. But they did lose some important guys. They lost their center and Drake Jackson, who'd started for four years. That's a big hole to fill that they still don't really have an answer for heading in the summer. And then obviously they lost you know, the heart and soul of that line with John Schlarman, the position coach who died after a two-year battle with cancer last, last fall. So it's, it's still a, a group that's got some turnover, but uh, they've got lots of talent and lots of experience. So you hope that, you, that that's something to build around with the new offense. Kind of the same story defensively. Again, looking at this, this projected depth chart, you know, possibly eight senior starters. On, on a defense, and you know Kentucky under Stoops has been known for hard-nosed defense. They've been putting guys in the NFL. You know, how good will this defense be? And is there a guy, sort of a Josh Allen kind of player, that you could see? Hey, that guy's a, a for sure future pro. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that if we're talking about how the program has changed and the perception of the program, the defense is where you start because they lose a bunch. I mean, uh, they lost a the first-round draft pick in Jamin Davis at linebacker. They lost. Uh, second round draft pick and Kelvin Joseph at corner, another draft pick and Brandon Eccles at corner. Uh, and so normally with Kentucky football for most of his history, you'd say, oh, you lose three draft picks for your defense. They're going to take a major step back. But the guys that they have filling those holes are arguably were better recruits than the guys they're replacing. So 
uh, we'll see how that goes. And obviously, they, they need experience and may learn on the job. But there are other veterans who are really important to this group and are coming back. And, and they, it looks like they've gotten to the point where they're kind of plug and play. They can you know fill in some other guys there and, and be pretty good in terms of individual standouts. I, I don't think they have a Josh Allen talent, probably not even Jamin Davis talent in terms of first-round draft picks. But you know nobody was saying that about Jamin Davis this right. time of year ago either. Uh, but you look at a guy like Josh Pascal, who's um, on the defensive line. He's shown the potential at times to be a real game changer. And two, he's what two years removed now from treatments for a malignant melanoma, so he's back to 100 percent physically. Uh, he looked great in the first half last season, and then got kind of banged up, and you know the the rigors of an All SEC schedule, and was limited a little bit in the second half. Uh, he's going to be, I think, an All SEC contender for them. DeAndre Square at inside linebacker is really important. Use of Corker at safety. I don't know if any of those guys are, are high-level draft picks, but they're all, I, I think, could be all SEC kind of contenders and, and then see where it goes from there. When I look at Kentucky's schedule, I mean, it seems pretty favorable. Your two West teams there are uh, LSU and Mississippi State. Those are winnable games, in my opinion. You get Tennessee and Florida at home. I'm going to say you. I'm not saying you. I'm saying Kentucky. Right. Uh, I, I don't want to lump you in with with, with, with the They're not winning many games if they're counting on me to play. Yeah. <laughs> But I like the schedule for Kentucky. You know, what's if assuming you know the offense is what you, you know, what it can be if if the, if it does become a little bit better in the passing game, but it keeps some of that potency in the run game. How good can this Kentucky team be? What what's the ceiling? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the ceiling can be this if, if those things work out that we're talking about. If they find a quarterback, if they fill those holes on defense with talented players, if the passing game's competent. One of those years where they take that next step from, you know, maybe not contending for the East because I don't think they're Georgia or Florida by any means, but being that clear third team in the division, um, working into a, a next level kind of role of January 1st and outback of Citrus Bowl kind of thing. Because you're right, the schedule sets up great, not only with the games they have, but the timing. Because that first month, it's Louisiana, Monroe, Missouri. Chattanooga, South Carolina, four winnable games. Then you've got the stretch, Florida, LSU, Georgia in a row. That's going to be difficult, no doubt about it. But if you could steal one of those somehow, you'd be in great shape because then you close with Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, Louisville, all five winnable games. You could start fast. You could end on a really high note. And that could get you to eight or nine wins without really upsetting anybody. So I, I think that if there are questions, no doubt, but this is definitely a team that has the potential to maybe you know have a success level that we haven't seen in Kentucky very often. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good Kentucky team. And like I said at the beginning, that's what I expect uh, from the Wildcats this year and, and pretty much every year now under, under Mark Stoops. He's done a great job with that program. John Hale from the Courier-Journal, man. Thanks so much for your time. I always appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.